welcome to a brand new episode of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko. You can find me at thehooch36 on Twitter. My co-host is Chad Smart. He is at Chad Smart. Very simple. We got a. We, we learned at, over times, Chad. We have to get these plugs out of the way early because there's never any time at the end of the show. But you can like the show on Facebook just by searching Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. Chad. Good talking to you again. A little unusual. This is the probably the second time in my podcasting career that I've recorded early on a Sunday morning. Yeah, I just rolled out of bed about 15 minutes ago, so I'm sure my voice is going to be a little, uh, you know, the morning voice before it really wakes up, and uh, my thoughts will probably be as cloudy and uh, unintelligible as uh, ever, so we I got that going for us. I always found that my voice was like, prime you know the lowest it is early in the morning you know i used to uh do mornings in radio and you know at six o'clock in the morning when i'm half awake it's hey everybody good morning this is south central illinois news leader blah 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 radio and uh i I got called a soothing baritone because of that so i'll take it Mm. is that uh anything like being called a soothing bear Okay, just checking. Uh, Well, folks, this is uh, our second installment. As you know by now, hopefully, uh, you've caught on to the pattern of a little nostalgia and a little bit of something out of the ordinary, or at least something we wouldn't ordinarily subject ourselves to. That is the pattern. So this is uh, a Not My Demographic episode. And this week, per the uh, recommendation, I suppose, of a coworker of Chad's, who I'm going to find out the name and address of this individual and go beat the crap out of him. This week we're talking about Ken. Yeah, it's a woman. You can't, you shouldn't do that. Okay, uh, I will send a strongly worded letter. Okay. All right. Or or, or let me yeah, uh, I, let me rephrase. I, I will question their future decision making. Well, I will uh, tell you this. So th- this movie came up in conversation, and my coworker Kim. Uh, it, it, Explained the plot, and then I watched the trailer, and I was even more confused. And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll get around to watching that at some point." And she reminded me that she did watch The Apple based on my recommendation, <laughs> so I felt a little bit of obligation. <laughs> and also, it fit in with this show. We, I, I didn't have any other suggestions for this episode, and you know, this movie came up, and it sounded like something that uh, I don't think either one of us you or I would have picked out just by scouring through all the streaming services. And, uh, yeah. So we ended up with Ken show at the bedfellow. Oh my God. Are you Dan Bender? Hey, your play a few years ago was so rad. Oh, thanks. It's not really my thing anymore. So what do you think? Dan the doorman. They put you at the hotel? I'm really looking forward to seeing that bed later. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in that bed later. <laughs> You're not dealing with your grief. Don't put it off on me, man. You're the one that's to live with himself. You're right. I do. We have an arrival coming in next week. I think they really benefit from your perspective. Where'd you meet this one? In Jersey about 20 years ago. I can't really talk about her because she's standing right here, but she really likes me and has since she was like eight years old. Ah. We're gonna have to let you go, Dad. 
Okay. Look, I got seven grand on this card. Let's just fill it up with good times and, and good food and bitches and Broadway plays. Did you just say bitches and Broadway plays? I'm tired sense? of feeling trapped by everything. No fear, no consequences. Anything is possible, just you and me. I just like, I want to feel free. If I was there that night, I would have done something to stop you. You're like my angel, Danny. I would have walked right in there and I would have done something. Don't get hurt, okay? Whatever. Get it to me by tomorrow or I stab you in the neck. <laughs> I'm just hiding. From what? You are more interested in destroying yourself and everything around you than living like a real human person! Let's get drunk. You guys don't have to stay with us. I don't know why I do have the things I do anymore. I'm trying to end violence. That's my life's work. What's yours? What is this? Come inside and I'll show you. Ken Show at the Bedfellow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, had you ever heard of this film? Not at all. You honestly when when you told when you sent me the message uh, uh you know that had the name of the movie, I said, "That sounds geisha kinky, dude. I don't know." <laughs> That's just the, that was my initial reaction just by the title was geisha kink. I don't know if that's accurate or I mean, it's not accurate. I've, I've seen the movie now, so I know it's not accurate. But I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, that's a uh, that's I guess a a genre of film that I'm not familiar with. So <laughs> we might have to dig into your background a little bit later. And <laughs> see what type of movies you've been watching? Ken Show at the Bedfellow came out. It, I, I suppose if you want to say it came out uh, 2017. Uh, it is a movie from the. Um, uh, Try and find the studio, but it's it's really an independent movie. Um, Kensho Film is the production company, um, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's up. written and directed and starring uh, Brad Rader, who – correct – tell me if you got this. He looks like a taller Tom Cruise. That was the first thing I was like, oh, okay. that yeah. – that, you know, like, is he got that, you know, messed up hair that kind of goes all over the place and, and the – the five o'clock shadow and yeah, I mean, he run. there's a scene in the movie where he runs too. So maybe it's Tom Cruise on stilts. I don't know. Possibly. I was thinking, and I know there's probably like three people listening to this that will get the rounds, but there's a used to, that I liked that is no longer together. They were called melee. And I thought the lead actor looked like their guitar player which is kind of like a Dana Carvey meets I don't know what else, but he's got the Dana Carvey, like late eighties hair, only darker. And, uh, yeah. And you know, here's my, here's my thought is when you um, have a movie that is low budget, that is written, directed and stars all 
all one person does all those jobs. You pretty much get the feeling that this is a uh, maybe a passion project or it's somebody sure. trying to, you know, not getting the roles that they are are wanting. And so they're like, I'm going to show you I can do this. And then you get this movie, which uh, uh, I have to say, looking up the lead actor's uh, filmography, he's actually been in some stuff that I have seen. And if I was smart enough, I would have had that pulled up. I've got it right now. Reference, but I don't. Uh, so he was in, uh, you know, most recently, probably most pr- prominently, although he might not have had the biggest part, was Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. Um, he was a voice in Transformers Prime. Uh, he was in Psych on USA. Uh, Flash Forward. He's been in CSI New York. I mean, he's he's got a a filmography. I mean, he was in Spin City by God in in you know two thousand. So. Yeah. yeah, he shared so, screen time with either um, uh, Charlie Sheen or Michael J. Fox. Anything's possible. True, true. So, yeah, he's been kicking around. But, you know, I don't know if you watch any of those shows. Um, I, I did Nothing. watch um, uh, Psych, but I don't remember. Okay, yeah, me too. And looking at that character name, I have no idea who it is or yeah. which episodes he was in. Um, better off. Ted was another one. I mean, he's, he's done like, uh, you know, little guest shots here and there. Um, so obviously my takeaway from that is he has at least a look and, and the ability to be noticed even in bit parts, you know, um, mm-hmm. what's that theater phrase? There are no small parts, only small actors or something like that. Right, there are no dumb act- no dumb questions, only dumb actors, I believe. <laughs> I like yours Something better. Like um, but Brad Raider is his name. Yep, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, as I mentioned, wrote, direct, and stars in. And we're not going to do like a scene-by-scene breakdown, but right out of the gate, when I started watching this Saturday night, and I, you don't realize that the first scene in the movie is really like, you know, the end of the second act and, and the rest of it's like, you know, Oh, how did we get to that point? And there's a, a, a scene where he's in a hotel room and there's a giant, for lack of a better description, paper mache cat. And it was enough of a, uh, attention getter that my wife who's sitting on the other end of the couch and she was looking at her phone or, or watching something on Netflix on her phone. She looks up, she's like, what the hell are you watching? I said, honey, I, I have no idea. This is this is for the show, and it's all Chad's co-worker's fault. Mm. And then you find out yeah, well, how we I, get to the cat. Yeah, it, it was an interesting story. I'll use the word interesting in terms of, or in place of probably a more apt description, but I just, I don't, you did not go to film school, Correct. I, I I took a film class in uh, my community college. Okay, does that count? Okay, uh, so. did was it just a like a theory class, or were students making films? Oh, absolutely, positively not making films. It was more like a, a film, not film history, but there was some of that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. great example. I did a paper on the Matrix, and I did a video mm-hmm. project. Uh, because that was one of the requirements of the class on Kevin Smith movies. It was essentially the Viewisk universe. So, uh, and how, you know, common themes throughout his movies. That was, that was the only video that I ever made for that particular film class. 
Okay, because watching this movie took me back to film school. And this is, like like we said earlier, this is probably someone wanting to show their, their range of talent. And the only way you can do that is by making your own film and casting yourself. Sure. But I'd say that for every 50 film school projects or film student projects I saw, one of them was good. Because, and that's, I, I'm not slighting, or I don't want to slight all film students, but it, it seems like um, there's no, for lack of a better word, self-awareness. Like uh, You either get the film students that are aping the, pe- the films that they like. So in my case, when I was in film school, like 80% of every film was Tarantino-esque mm-hmm. because Pulp Fiction had just come out. Um, I'm dating myself here, which, hey, that's the story of my life. <laughs> and this movie is more of, you know, it's one of those things where in the first, I think, 20, 30 minutes of the film, he has slept with three different women. Correct. And they're all kind of throwing themselves at him. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't get that aspect of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and not to yeah, say it, that, not, not to say you know again he he's Tom Cruise esque in some you know features, if, if you like that sort of thing. But he wasn't he wasn't particularly charming in any way. In fact, it, it seems at, at times it seemed like he was going out of his way to be a little bit more rude than he needed to be, and so I just didn't understand the appeal. True. Yeah, I. Again, I think it's more of a ego thing, and he's just uh, self. It's all a playwright who's not writing plays anymore. He's working nights at a hotel, and this woman from his past comes back to into his life. And he's also dealing with the death of his sister, which I don't – I never – and I, I may not have been paying attention close enough – did they ever mention how long ago the sister had died or what she had died of? They did not. Um, my, they, they never pre- presented a timeline as far as, you know, how, as you mentioned, how long in the past she had, she had passed. My guess is the cause of death was drug overdose. Hmm. Just because they, you know, they mentioned that, you know, uh, when, hmm. when the girl from his past, you know, comes in and she's like, I, you know, I've looked, had a crush on you since I was eight. And, you know, she's talking about being on the backyard looking up at the stars. She's like, that's, that's the only high I ever got. You know, I, she didn't get into the drugs until after I left. And then there's the line of, he's like, yeah, uh, she had her first drink at the age of nine, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. for some reason, the, yeah. this, and there was, you know, the, the passing of the mom when the kids were young, it appeared, you know, so that, played a part into the sisters, you know, downward spiral and probably into our, uh, our, our heroes, our, our protagonist, I guess, if you want to call them that. Um, but, but yeah, as you mentioned, and, and for whatever reason that this phrase pops out, maybe he'd been overlooked for other parts or maybe, you know, he had a story. He went, this to me seemed like an ego project. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you, you know, in, in it, it's, I guess it's your classic tale of, of redemption. You know, he's, he's, his life's hit rock bottom. He was a, you know, once promising playwright who had a show and it was a very meta show as they explain in the, in the movie. Um, you know, one play. And, but then, you know, I I think with the sister passing, so it would have been within this, you know, a a few years prior. 
Uh, and, and he's, as you mentioned, he's a night doorman at a hotel and, uh, you know, he's sleeping around, he's, he's in debt, he's sharing a air mattress with a, a, another guy in, in a small apartment. I mean, he's just, he's, he's ha- at rock bottom and he has a moment of very odd clarity, you know, towards the, uh, uh and, and I alluded to it's with the paper mache cat. Um, and all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, well, I do want to be a good person and I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to let these guys beat the crap. I mean, I'm going to have that, that noble, you know, that noble stance where, you know, the, the drug dealers are going to beat the crap out of me and, and I'm going to, you know, what, what is it? Um, this is a horrible reference, but in the movie Liar Liar, uh, after Jim Carrey's been arrested, his old secretary comes in. She says, yeah, I remember, you know, I, they told me how you went all noble in front of Judge whatever his name is. And that's what these he's, you know, trying to right all of these wrongs, even though he knows that, hey, this might not lead to anything, but I promise I'm going to pay you all the money back. I'm going to go, you know, set things right with my dad and we're going to go camping and, uh, you know, I'm going to apologize to this girl. I'm going to tell her the truth about, you know, just all the all my misdeeds and, and hope that she, you know, accepts me as the flawed individual that I am. I get it. Hey, we're all flawed, but this guy, he had such a, a quick transformation that it was almost hard to believe. In my yeah, opinion. I, I, I am trying to think back because, uh, Kim, if you're listening, uh, I'll be honest. I, this movie, it was out of my mind about 20 minutes after I finished watching it. And it's been three days now as we record this. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. I, I know bits and pieces, but this is not a movie we're, this is a glowing, uh, review by the way that we're <laughs> giving this film. So if you're, if you're listening and you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to watch Ken show at the bedfellow based on what Greg and Chad have said, it is available on Tubi, which is a streaming app that is free. True. And movies get commercials. So at least, you know, at least we didn't have to pay for this film. Other than with time and part of our soul. And here's the thing, too, r- real quick about, about this Tubi. And I know, you know, other streaming services, Voodoo has some commercials and things like that. But it was like the heart of the climactic aspects of the movie. And while, you know, a lot of commercial breaks on these streaming services can be like, you know, 45 seconds or a minute. This thing went on for like four minutes. I'm like, you guys suck. Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same Tom Steyer and I think Mike Bloomberg ads over and over because – well, they have way too much money to spend. I, fortunately, I didn't and have as many political in really ones, weird places. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just um, anyway. You were I, I cut I interrupted you, but you were talking about the glowing. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think I had a thought. I'm just trying to remember where this movie went. And yeah, you, you bring up him sleeping on the air mattress with his, his, you know, the guy friend. And the only thing I could think of during that scene was Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if you've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Which oh, once if you haven't, you should. I, I've seen it Scott once. Pilgrim shares a bed with Kieran Culkin's character who is gay. Who's also sharing it with his, you know, boyfriend at the time. And that's comical and amusing. This movie, not so much. It's just, it, it beats you over the head. I feel with, uh, all of, you know, his bad personality traits that in the end he's, you know, while he has some, you know, minor redemption, 
you feel like, okay, well, and, and I get it, you know, family is supposed to be there for you when you're down. And, and if someone is really important to you, you're supposed to, you know, look after them when they come back and, you know, try to set things right. And I think that's what happens with, you know, between his father and with the, this girl, Kate, that, that, you know, he's known since they were all kids. It just, I don't know, the, it, the, it had a weird, like, trippy aspect in the middle that reminded me of a, uh, uh, very reminiscently of Beavis and Butthead do America when, uh, the protagonists in that one are in the desert and then they have the, the big old, uh, mind trip or whatever, you know, if they're on shrooms or whatever it was that they were at, it had one of those down to poorly animated, like flying through space. Yeah, that whole scene with animation and whatnot, it just, again, I have no idea why it was there other than, I'm guessing this guy thought it would be a, you know, a deep and meaningful scene. I would have, I would have uh, liked it. I missed the, the, right, the depth right. of the scene. I, I didn't get it. And, and right after that scene, you know, when he wakes up and he's, you know, in an, in an unused room in the hotel because initially they wouldn't let him stay at the hotel because, Obviously, he's in debt and doesn't have a working credit card. Um, but right after that scene, he spends a lot of time with, you know, someone who he thought was just kind of a janitor at the uh, uh, hotel, but in fact is like, I don't know, partial owner or something like that of a some fancy art museum. And, and this guy's going around kind of like his spiritual guide, and that's kind of the role he's presented at. And I would have liked to have seen more of their conversation and less of the animation, and I think that would have been just as beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of things that they could have changed about this movie to make it a little more interesting and a little less pretentious, mm-hmm. and and maybe focusing on that relationship with the um, he, he's like the I don't want to say janitor, but he's the overnight caretaker. Yeah, you can't really yes, even call him a maintenance. You can't can't even call him a maintenance man, but you know, at one time you do see him like dusting a, a tabletop or something like that, so I don't know. Yeah, and they say in India he was I can't remember what the job, but he had a much higher profile job before moving to America. Uh, but yeah, that that relationship probably would have been more interesting than than what we got out of this film. And uh yeah. It it seems like you get I, I the the main character. I don't know how to describe this film. I, I, all over the place, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, th- let's talk r- real quick about the the female lead, uh, the role of Kate, um, Kaylee Ronane or Ronane. I'm probably not getting that right. Or, or Kaylee, I think is uh, her name. Um, I thought, you know, that she was like the bright spot of the movie as far as just you know a a good person who is actively doing good. You know. Uh, not just talking the talk, but walking the walk and has spent time overseas, you know, and I think, uh, you know, her main story outside of the relationship with Dan is that she's trying to reunite some, uh, refugees, uh, who, you know, you hear the story of, um, uh, of, uh, Mosi and, uh, you know, he's just a cab driver and he, he lives with his son in an apartment. You find out about, you know, his wife and daughter who didn't escape the village as it was being burned to the ground. And, they're, you know, they found a ticket or, or they found his brother and they're the, the, the end, uh, you know, kind of the end of her story is 
reuniting these two brothers who they didn't even know that the one brother was alive anymore. So, so she's like the best part of the movie in that she's the only one who seems just purely good. And that's another, I guess, story pull, which probably would have been a better movie on its own than just shoehorned into this film. Sure. It's because again, until you brought that up, I'd completely forgotten about that. And that those scenes are just so in stark contrast to the main aspect of this film and the main, you know, the main character story that, I mean, you kind of explain that and see what they're trying to do, showing the good of her character versus the uh, self-importance of the main character. Mm-hmm. But I, it just it just felt very disjointed watching the film. It, it you know, I I went in and like you in the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I was like, oh. I didn't dislike the movie as as much as I thought I would after those, you know, after that first half mm-hmm. hour when you find out, you know, I do feel that, you know, for all the crap that I've been saying here, I do feel like the character had some redeeming elements. As I mentioned, he did try to, you know, uh, make things right and, you know, went, went off and, you know, went down the checklist of people he'd wronged to be like, okay, look, I'm going to pay you back. And, and to the point where, you know, his dad owns a, a little laundromat in there in, uh, you know, Brooklyn or whatever borough they live in. And he, he said, you know what, dad, let, let's do that camping trip that, that you always wanted to do. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll help in any way. And, and his dad's like, uh, you know, you, you too good to come, uh, work for, uh, you work here when we get back. And the guy's like, I don't know. I don't know how to sew. He's like, ah, you can do laundry. Right. So, you know, you have those, but that entire, that was a very tumultuous relationship up until that one scene where he's like, I accept the fact that I'm a shithead and I've been a shithead and mm. I have to, you know, it, it just seemed like they rushed to get, you know, down the checklist to be like everybody that he's, you know, done wrong. We've got to, got to visit them all. Yeah. And like you were saying, I, I, I didn't hate this movie. Um, I don't think it's going to be added to my list of movies that I watch ever again or tell people to watch in the way that I do the Apple, which or cats when that comes out, which I can't wait till we get to that episode. Yeah. That might uh, be the episode that, that, that yeah. cats, cats is going to be like Titanic. It's going to be one of those that we just never quite get to. Uh, I will say uh, I, I don't watch Tubi as much as I probably should just because I have other options and I forget that I have it on my Roku. But going through the list of films that are available, that there's a movie on there that uh, I, I don't think would work for this show because it is totally in my demographic and it's a movie that I own and I have made people watch. And it's a movie called Standing Ovation. Uh, Greg, I highly recommend checking that movie out. Uh, you will come back on the next episode and be like, why do you torture me? But the movie is so bonk and out there that uh, I, I would love to talk about it on a future episode. So I will give you that kavod. I, I say that because we're getting close to running out of time and I want to make sure I get it on is it record the, as is saying it the that we should watch Standing Ovation. 2010 Standing Ovation Dance Sing Dream? Yes. I, I I can honestly tell you without question, that's not going to be one of the ones that I'm ever going to jump to. Uh, I thought you were going to say, hey, I know it's in our demographic, and it's also on Tubi, but Masters of the Universe. 
Well, you know, I actually saw that at, uh, in the theater recently, as it, say, like in the last three years. So, well, uh, as we uh, and, uh, go ahead. No, uh, I I am down for discussing Masters of the Universe uh, because that is made by the awesome Canon Film Group, who also gave us things like Superman Four, Breaking Breaking Two, and one of my favorite teen comedies. Uh, if you take the serious portion of the film and disregard the teen sex exploitation part, uh, Last American Virgin. That ending is probably one of my favorite and most gut-riching uh, endings out of all cinema. We are just about out of time, everybody. Uh, Master of the Universe, because it falls in our demographic, and I've seen it numerous times as a Ute, uh, probably not going to be one that we talk about here on the show. But if you have a suggestion, let us know. Go visit the Facebook page. Uh, again, facebook.com slash Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. Let's build that up again. He's at Chad Smart on Twitter. I'm at thehooch36. Chad, this might be the first time we actually end the show without being cut off, unless you have final words. I got... Figure you can just go throw the hand again there. Oh, we still got 15 seconds. I can say I'm going to go watch uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with my family. The, the first movie, the best one. There you go. Corey Feldman, great voice actor. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.